In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin and this is episode 122. I'm too sexy. You are too sexy, Erin. Part of our new fall theme, One Hit Wonders. Yes. I mean, this is kind of the the top of the One Hit Wonders. You came up with this one. Yeah. Tell us why. I mean, besides being a huge Right Said Fred fan. I didn't remember the president that, that was of their fan club. Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Didn't remember no. that was the name of the band until nope. you sent that. And I was like, honestly, huh. how I came up with it is I did a Google search for the best one hit wonders. And I saw this one. and I was like, oh, we got to do this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then it came back from the recesses of my brain. Do you think that that band name is like, right, said Fred? <laughs> or like, right, said Fred? Is it supposed to be like a... It's a good question because there's no comma in that name. Right. So we don't know where to pause. Or we don't know where to put the emphasis. I said we go left. Right, said Fred. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and it's a great question. If they had had staying power, we might have been able to ask them. We might have, but... Who knows what they're doing yeah. now? First of all, this song took over and you were like, I oh, don't... Oh, boy. You're, the last place you landed was the right, said Fred. Indeed. Indeed. You yeah. ended up with a lot of questions about being too sexy. Man, and for all of you, you know, because we've got a huge youth contingent listening so to big. us. So big. All of you real young folks. This came out before you were born. Uh-huh. Just imagine. Mm. Early 90s. Mm-hmm. A song comes playing on the radio mm-hmm. where a man is saying how he's too sexy for all the things. And I don't remember any of the words right now. But I'm too sexy for my shirt. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm too sexy for this song. For the- <laughs> he says at one point, he is too sexy for the song. That's right. Which yeah. is, it's amazing it never got produced because that realization came in the song. Came in the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. do you think he just sort of was just riffing and he was yeah. like, yeah, you know, I I'm am. I'm too, too sexy, sexy for, for this, this booth. I'm too sexy for this microphone, <laughs> for this song. Uh, uh, uh. All that to say, 
our theme this week is about <laughs> the line between confidence and cockiness. Yeah, he doesn't because have it. he. I think he goes far over the line yeah, into far, straight up just far. yeah. Confidence would be like, hey, I'm in front of the mirror. Like I, I feel this outfit. Like, I'm I did pretty sexy. good. Yeah. I put this together today. I feel confident. I'm leaving the house. Cocky is I'm too sexy for everything, including my clothes. <laughs> That's we went too far. And I think at one point he gets a little challenging. He's like, what do you think about that? Yeah. Think, and he's saying like, I, when I walk the catwalk, you'll yeah. know what I mean. Like, it's Do very like. On yeah. the catwalk. So he's telling yeah. people like, mm-hmm. listen, you can't argue with me. No. I am too sexy. I'm too sexy. So as huh. we said, I think he's gone over the huh. edge. Uh-huh. But we're going to be looking at that line. Yes. Between confidence and cocky. Yeah. So when we think about that. Yeah. Because he's. He, if you've not seen this video or seen him. Oh, Take goodness. A yeah, we're going to include a link because it is priceless. It's an odd experience. It really is an odd experience. Do you think that it's possible to have a universal definition of sexiness? I would say no, but society would have us think so. Oh. 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 That was. Here's where I'm going. Uh-huh, All right. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. I think that society would tell us that a certain look, a certain way of a, how a woman looks, how a man looks is sexy uh-huh. incarnate okay but i think it's bs because that changes every few years mm-hmm. like think about you know in the 90s around this time that came out like heroin chic was all the thing like super skinny True, looking yeah. like drugged out that was the hot sexy look now it's like kim kardashian tits and ass so it's like a yeah. totally different thing right uh-huh. so it changes over time plus you look at different cultures totally different yep explanations of sexy are mm-hmm. totally different like you know, definitions of what makes that. So no, I would say society is telling us there is, but we say, uh-uh. Not today. Not today. Not today. And then we can, you know, decide on whether we want to sing this song seriously, like right. I'm too sexy. Right. Or just take that to heart and say, you know what? I may not be what society tells us is sexy, but I am sexy. Just a different kind of sexy. Yes. Maybe There's got to be something. We release this song with that kind of anthem and call it <laughs> Left Said Martha. No, it should be the opposite of said. Left whispered Martha. <laughs> what? And <laughs> just see if anybody gets it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you have a true friend is when there's absolutely nowhere to go. And you just say, yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I think you're on a winner there. That I think that, that is a that's a good one. You do one. that, and then I will help you distribute it. Yep. I'll help you produce. We'll uh-huh. be in the background. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna be in the group? It's not gonna be us, is it? It's gonna be cats. Oh, like my cats? Yeah, the just strutting their stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, they're yeah. gonna do great at this. I know. That's what I think. And everyone loves cats. Right. At least on Instagram, we're gonna get so popular. It's gonna be a viral hit. And we're gonna be disputing body standards because my girls are big exactly yeah yes that's what i'm saying oh, this is a killer idea i know it's every genius. goddamn time you come up with something brilliant erin mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is definitely at the top of those i think yeah <laughs> and we never pursue any of these however no, as an idea but it's out there it's and out i feel there. like in my later years i'll be able to re-explore all these things and make oh, it that's happen that's a good thing you know yeah. i I've been meaning to tell you, mm-hmm. I've been just sort of re-listening to some of our older episodes. Mm-hmm. It is a hoot. It's a hoot and a half. It's a good thing we have a podcast, I it think. It really is. And each time I listen, I'm like, I completely forgot that we proposed that as a business idea. Yeah. I completely forgot that we thought that was brilliant. I know. Haven't thought about it since. And we should be. We should be. We should be. I know. Well. 
well, someday all these yeah. things will come true. <laughs> come to I've, fruition. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever witnessed something that was supposed to be sexy, but was in fact not sexy? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to try and set the scene. Oh, um, there's a it, scene to be well, set. Well, it's like a, it, I don't. All right, so you, everyone knows that we own a construction company. Yes. And uh, sometimes I need to look up images for like social media or things oh like God. that. I think I might know where this is going. And I tend to fall in the group that like everyone knows that for everything you can think of, whether it's knitting or construction or putting together Legos mm-hmm. or going grocery shopping, somebody somewhere thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a woman in lingerie doing that. Yep. And it's going to be amazing. A sexy Lego maker. And I don't understand it. Yes. And so I was looking the other day for construction pictures and there was a lady in lingerie in in construction boots that they made into high heel construction boots oh. holding like a slow traffic sign. And it was of her, her, her posterior, her back. <laughs> and I was like, I don't. I think, I, I mean, I understand, I, I guess I get where the idea came from. Sure. But sure, sure, I sure. don't get why that is. Because all that it makes me think when I see it is a couple things. One, I hope she sunscreened her derriere. Yeah. And I hope that those shoes are at least somewhat comfortable. Right. Also, I imagine maybe for some people, like dust and dirt and drywall mm. debris. Like, so that would be everywhere. Yep. Like, I just have a lot of logistical questions Indeed. when I see that. And it takes yeah. me out of the the moment I think that you're supposed to be like, wow, that's attractive. Like, instead, I'm like, what? Yeah. And I feel like that that happens. So, like, there's this idea that just if you put someone in scantily, you know, scantily clad person into an image, somehow that makes it sexy. Mm-hmm. No, there's just some things that just aren't. And that's no. okay. And, and let's it's talk okay. about Halloween costumes. Like, all the yes. times they try to make things sexy there. And it's like, oh, dear God, even no. the idea behind this is A terrible. sexy cat? What does that mean in reality? <laughs> So now I'm going to be walking around being like, that cat is so sexy. I mean, obviously my cats are sexy, but beyond that, we don't need to be thinking about cats in that way. That's weird. weird, Right? It just puts you in a weird spot. Like sexy Frankenstein. Hmm. Think about what you're talking about. Yeah. What you're, the disbelief you're trying to go to. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, it is weird. I, it just always throws me off. And I'm like, this is just a stock image in the middle of construction images. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. first of all, how did it get there? Yeah. You had to create that shoot. Like, there was other people involved. At some yeah. point, someone could have said, are we sure this is translating? <laughs> we spent a lot of money on this. Is yeah. this good? Is this working? Are we, yeah. Because where was this originally that this was supposed to elicit? Because yeah. I'm assuming that you didn't think your prime audience was a 40-something lady <laughs> doing social. Who runs for, an actual construction yeah, business. Yeah, like for social media that just came across it on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And I was like, huh. huh? Like, I'm assuming you were going to do something else with it, but I cannot Don't figure out what. what it was. Yeah. You know what? I've got another example of yes. sexy, unsexy where it should be sexy. Um, I remember going to Vegas once with a group mm. of girls mm. and now this evening is sort of shrouded in shadow because I was highly intoxicated. Sure. But I do remember we either went to see or we saw like the tail end of Thunder from Down Under. Oh. One of the stripper uh-huh. shows basically based on Chippendales kind of thing. Yep. And I remember seeing it and even, I don't even know if they were in their routine, just seeing the dudes in the costumes, whatever. I'm like, that is not working. That is not working for me. No. Just in no way. Like trying to capture sexy in that almost like cartoonish Disney way. It's like, uh, no, no, I'm out. No. I'm out. It's weird. 
Also, random thought. I just saw a trailer for a movie or a series about the guys behind the Chippendales and the whole like murder mystery. Yes. And it's Kumail yeah. Nanjiani. Yeah. Should be really cool. I know. I'm it's going to be good. Yeah. Because that's a crazy story. Yeah. Crazy story. Maybe there'll be sexiness in there. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it'll be cheesy. Who knows? I we'll mean, see. It also equals murder, so, you know. Uh, true. true. Well, be. you know murder is sexy. I mean, the sexiest of the sexy things is murder. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I stand by that statement. Yeah, As I, I was just should. going through it over in my head again, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally, they're going to pull it out. If you were ever yeah. accused of murder, they're going to pull <laughs> that out in a soundbite, but I think you should still stand by it. I stand by it. As you should. I am Amy Lee Lillard, and I stand by it. <laughs> wow. That was a double down in a way I didn't expect. Yeah, that, Full uh, name that made everything. me feel like, uh, the joke's gone too far. Or just far enough. Or just Depends far enough. on how you feel Indeed. about jokes and joke construction. And guess what? I get to edit this episode. So I see how I'm feeling and on Monday. And what we could do is right in the middle here, dear listeners, you can just <laughs> imagine a podcast host in sexually clothed. Oh know? my God, a sexy podcast host. Yeah. Absolutely. Boom, right in the middle. Because that's Boom. what this is. Because yeah. that definitely, if you ever think about us, we're always scantily clad. Always. We're never always in, in hoodies. hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> and we never sweat while we do this. Nope. We are in lingerie, perfectly made up faces. Done. Professional, yes. airbrushed makeup. We are not picking at our nails no. and our fingers. No, never. 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 Um, my hair is always perfectly perfect. Placed. Yeah. I never get Glissing nervous like bathroom Not from trips. oil, but from mm-hmm. lovely shine. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Okay, that felt very that's revealing. reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so we kind of were talking about that a little bit. Hmm. You kind of hit on it that sometimes society wants us to think a certain yeah. way. But do you have a celebrity crush right now? Somebody? Obviously. Yeah. I always have celebrity yes. crushes. Yes. yes. My current one, uh, male is Sebastian Stan. Oh, that's a good one. Not just appearance, his talent. Yeah. This last year alone has yes. shown how versatile he is, uh-huh. funny he is. Uh-huh scary he is uh-huh wonderful uh-huh i am a sebastian stan fan i love it mm-hmm. uh, on the female side anna diarmas she was oh, in knives out yes. she's just now in this new movie blonde uh-huh every time i see a picture she is just stunning just i can't wait to say have gorgeous. you seen blonde not yet okay, no is it out now i don't think okay maybe i mean it's yeah. out soon yeah think, yeah yeah, but soon. yeah, yeah i'm yeah. psyched it i'm looks too great. oh yeah. so excited yeah. yeah but then historical wise always and forever keanu reeves mm. winona Ryder. Yeah. Okay. Always that's fair. and forever. forever. Diehards. Okay. Both the younger versions of them and the current versions of them. I like that. Mm-hmm. But those younger versions of them, goddamn gorgeous. Yeah, they were bringing beautiful it. people bringing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just going off in the distance now and thinking about them. Oh, yeah, I can tell we've lost mm-hmm. you. We've mm-hmm. lost you to Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. What are we doing? We're doing a podcast. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well. we were. We were. All right, here I am, sexy podcast host, back, back, back in it. Look at how quick, professional, <laughs> just right back in it. Nailed it. Question for you. Uh huh. Since we're talking about sexy, uh huh. Outside of physical appearance, uh-huh. do you have other traits that you think are particularly sexy? Yeah, it's one that it really comes down to for me because I was thinking a little bit about the celebrity crush, mm-hmm. and then it made me think about this, and it's it's a sense of humor. If you Absolutely. make me laugh, I'm oh, done. God, yeah. Like I'm out. I, yes, it's I can't help it. Yeah. I, very much when I look back, a lot of my celebrity crushes are based on that. Like right now, I'm obsessed with TQIT. Yes. I can't. I can't. I just can't. Everything he <laughs> I does. I almost said him and I was like, I bet Aaron mentions him. Yeah. Which is 
good. Yeah. You need to. Everything. I mean, he's very attractive anyway. Very attractive, but on top but of that, so he's funny, so funny. So smart. Everything yeah. that he does, I just laugh. And mm-hmm. no matter what character he's playing, I'm like, I'm in love with him. And even just interviews. Yes. Goddamn delight. So great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of sense of humor, really. I mean, and he's talented in a bunch of other ways too, but it's always sense of humor. If you yeah. need to laugh, I just feel like... He's introduced so many words into our vernacular. Yes. Such as a proper fuckery. Proper fuckery. Yeah. If for nothing else than that. I just feel like it's it's a, and I mean sense of humor, not just like I'm being goofy or I can tell a good joke. I mean like a true sense of humor where you understand innately that certain things are funny. Mm-hmm. You can find the funny in a situation. You can make it light when it needs to be with yeah. some humor. That's like super attractive to me yeah. more than anything else. Definitely. So I guess what I'm saying is that for Halloween, I need a sexy stand-up comic <laughs> I don't know. You don't want a stand-up comic because they're no. all assholes. No, you no. need a Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. Like card cardboard cutout I basically yeah. uh-huh. or like a cardboard cutout but on like a body pillow so you can just you oh, know going real deep with yeah, it I going like real it deep. Uh-huh. I mean uh-huh. I'm sure Mike could be fine with that yeah I'm sure yeah he's yeah. a good celebrity crush yeah it just make me laugh and it's over it's done Damn, you yeah. got me you I got me you, yeah I know you're not into the Marvel movies but the most recent one that he did was goddamn glorious well i've heard that it was amazing yeah Yeah. and i appreciate that he's got such a wide such a wide range yeah i also like because he's supposed to be uh he's signed on to do a star wars movie really oh yeah oh i didn't know that and someone i guess asked him like how's the writing going and he's like i mean what's writing is it just staring at your computer all day because i am writing the shit out of this is it you know like opening up the computer and feeling like terrible at yourself and no self-confidence whatsoever i am in it it was just wonderful because it's like oh. that's that's what a writer is. Yeah, yeah. so you relatable it, for someone so successful. That, and also, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. Do you need help? I could give you some ideas. Also, can you write other things at the same time while you're working on Star Wars? I really need more. <laughs> Our flag means death. And oh man, yeah. I've looked up on IMDb like how much stuff he has coming up. It's insane. Really? Both as like writer, director, producer, like uh, all of this. Some of it is you know continuing these shows that are yeah. existing, which is great. Yeah. But yeah, I need to see more Blackbeard. So much more. Want to do something weird? What? Do a podcast. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess we are dressed sexy and yeah, ready for ready podcasting. for a podcast. So we are ready yes. for it. Mm-hmm. Well, like we said, our picks this week are about sort of self-confidence versus cockiness mm-hmm. and what the, uh, I actually have on my list, ha, 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 after that. I don't know why I, I had to put the laugh after. I don't. I think hmm. because you wrote it to me that way in an email. Did oh, you just copy and I copy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, okay. uh-huh. I was like, why, uh-huh. why am I supposed to do that? Why did I do that? Okay. I do like that you read that. And went, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Listen, if I write it, I'm just going to read it. That's I'm how like, it goes. you know, I, like Ron Burgundy. I will read whatever is on that pro- <laughs> teleprompter. <laughs> All right. So for my fiction pick, I've got a book called Half Sick of Shadows mm. by Laura Sebastian. Okay. This came out last year. And this book is in the time of Arthur before oh. he becomes king. All right. So we're in mythical legend time. Okay. And Elaine is a young girl growing up at court. And she's known as having a crazy mom who locks herself in their rooms and just talks spouts and madness. Mm. And Elaine hates it. She hates that she doesn't have friends because of this. Mm. She hates that they're sort of isolated in this way. But then she herself experiences a vision of the future and it just knocks her out and suddenly she gets a different story of her mom and of her and of this power that is being passed down their line 
Um, in this time, magic is outlawed. So she's then sent away to protect herself and to learn how to use her gift. And she's sent to Avalon, oh. the mystical isle of Avalon. Right. Right. And there she meets a young Guinevere and Morgana and Lancelot and Arthur, the whole crew. They become a group, sort of a, a chosen family. But all the while, she's seeing visions of possible futures. And she learns about ancient prophecies about all of them. And she sees the futures that we as readers know will come. You know, how Lancelot betrays them with Guinevere and how Morgana ends up turning going bad and how Arthur eventually dies, all of these things. But she's seeing those, but then she's seeing all these other possible futures too. So she just, it's all coming at her. Wow. Then one day, it's time to leave. It's time to go to Camelot and to start their lives, start Arthur's reign as king. And shit gets complicated real fast on mm -hmm. that journey. So I chose it for this theme because all of them, all of the, the, the young people that are growing up on Avalon, they know what their future is supposed to be. They're supposed to be leaders and warriors and sorcerers. They're supposed to be heroes, and a couple of them are supposed to be villains. And what do you do when you know you're going to be king or mm -hmm. you know you're going to be this? Are you confident or are you cocky? And what about when you know you're going to be a villain? Like, how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. So it's about that. It's about thinking about that possible future. And then when you actually do get power, how do you balance that? How do you balance the confidence and the corruption of power and all the things in between? So it's a really interesting, like very human retelling of Ooh. the Arthurian legends and with Elaine right front and center. So it's a nice sort of feminist rethinking of it. Oh. It's, it's really cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Ooh. Just imagine you growing find, up. You like the books with the best titles. It's a good one. And yeah. I think about it all the time. Like, I'm not sure if I fully understand it yeah. with the story, but I do at the same time. Yeah. It's a good one. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, for my fiction pick this week, um, I picked a book. It just came out August 30th. It's called Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. And she's written some other stuff, um, some other kind of murdery, you know, uh, not true crime, but more murder mystery type things. But I've really brought this this week because I have gotten into a little bit of a rut with murder mm. mysteries. This can happen sometimes with genre reading. Mm -hmm. And this one I thought pulled me right out. It had an interesting kind of format and premise that I liked and just some different characters that were really easy to grip into. So I want to start by asking you a question. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about a nursery rhyme? Oh, no. Told in a sing-song voice uh -huh. with creepy wording. What the fuck? Right. No. No. I am out. But also, are you a little intrigued? I'm totally intrigued. Okay. I want to know why it's got creepy wording. I want to yes. know the story behind it. Yes. But dear God, I'm afraid of it. Right. It's yeah. so creepy, but it's so wonderful, <laughs> which is at the heart of this whole thing, is that you're going to keep hearing these weird little nursery rhyme poems yeah! with wording about who's about to die, and it is fascinating. Did you read this, or was this an audiobook? I read it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering in the audiobook oh, how I that goes. Oh, I bet it's amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah. Okay. So good. So... I feel like if you, if any of this sounds interesting, hang on, mm -hmm. because you need to spend some time in creepy town with me. <laughs> You're going to love it. 300 and some odd pages. And what is great about this is that I also feel like this author did an amazing nod to Agatha Christie and oh. then there were none. Um, and if you read the book, if you've read both of those, you'll totally understand why. But the main character, Daisy Darker, uh, was born with a broken heart and it was discovered when she's young and it, there's something wrong. She's had some surgeries and it still doesn't operate the same way that everyone else's should. And so 
at first, her family's instructed to be very, very careful because any amount of exertion could cause her to die or to cause it to not work. So like getting scared or being surprised or just there's so many things. So they're very, very careful with her. And she's the youngest of three daughters. Her older sisters are Rose and Lily. Um, their parents are not together anymore. Her dad's first love is his orchestra. He travels with the orchestra and he's just not very present. And her mom is kind of in that mode where like she had her own life going and is maybe wishing she hadn't quite mm. given up so much. Mm-hmm. And then there's this wonderful bright spot in Daisy's life who is Nana, who's her dad's mom. And Nana seems to understand Daisy just innately. They just have a great relationship and she's so protective of Daisy, but also wants to help Daisy feel like she's living a full life, even though she's being sort of thwarted by a lot of things. So Nana has this kind of once beautiful home on this tidal island that you have to have a boat to get back and forth to the mainland from. And they call it sea glass. So we jump to present day um, and we find out that Nana was a child author. Like she wrote books and the main character was Daisy Darker. And there were like poems in them and beautiful illustrations and all of these. And they were very, very popular. Nana made a lot of money on these books. And Nana is about to turn 80 on Halloween. And it is the eve of Halloween. And she's called everyone to the house because some years ago, Nana went to a uh, psychic. And the psychic said she wasn't going to live past 80. So no one really knows when that's going to be. But Nana's taking it very seriously. So she calls everyone to the house. And they're assuming it's to get money. Because there's a wealthy estate to deal with here. And this includes Lily and Rose, the parents, Daisy, and Connor, this childhood friend that also happened to live um, not on the island, but very close. And so they, and he had basically grown up with all of the girls. So here they are. They're all summoned to Sea Glass. Next day is going to be Halloween. They have a meeting about the will, and then shit goes sideways. Nana is very eccentric. She has a very big love of Halloween, not just because of her birthday, but she kind of likes it. The whole fa- the whole house is sort of decked out for it. But as things start to go sideways, you realize like maybe this isn't a very like intricately done trap. Whoa! But we can't. You can't figure out who's doing anything because they're all basically stuck here because you have to take a boat to get back oh and forth. Oh my gosh! And the last boat gets cut, so there's no way to get off the island until the tide goes out. And there's no way to get to the island. So they either know that there's someone additional in the house or they're doing this to each other. Oof. And every time something's going to happen, there's a chalkboard in Grandma's, uh, Nana's kitchen that changes. The nursery rhyme changes. Ah! And it has someone else's name in it that's there and things are going to go bad. Oh. Creepy little plums. As well as home videos that just show up and say, oh my God. watch me. And they give some hint about what's going on. So like I said, it's a great nod to Agatha Christie's and then there were none. The structure of it, the rhythm of it is like dark and disturbing, but it also felt old school in this way that was really welcome and refreshing. Like it was just different. It was kind of that old vibe of like, who done it? We're all in this house and we can't get out. We don't know what's happening. And there's this family dysfunction at the heart of it. And there's all this character kind of, drama at the heart of it you're invested in each person but you also kind of don't trust each person for their own reasons um and i picked it for this scene this week because it felt like the downfall of these characters is that they're mainly only interested in their own lives and their own accomplishments and 
they're sort of like above the whole situation. They're almost annoyed to be called there, except for the fact that they're getting money. And so there's this, you have this this idea right at the beginning that there's a problem with these people. And I, I kind of reminded me of the song, like, I'm too sexy. Like, I'm too yeah. good to be here. I don't yeah. need to be back at Nana's house on this. I had to take a stupid boat to get here <laughs> and live in her weird Halloween town. Like, I hate this. And they're all, like, angry about it. And they're all like trying so hard to show each other how much they've succeeded and how great they are without just being honest and real. Even when they're going through this incredibly difficult situation, they're still reverting back to like, well, I'm better than you. So clearly you're going <laughs> to die, not me. And it, I just love that idea that, yeah, at the heart of it, some people just are terrible. Yeah. And they just think they're too sexy when in reality. They're not. You're not too sexy to no. die. <laughs> That's basically what. <laughs> Do you think anyone is too sexy to die? No. What about Taika Waititi? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I take it back yeah. immediately. <laughs> right after I said it. Yes. No, don't ever do that. That's, no. It's no. not allowed. No. No. I would be, I, that, it's going to be devastating. When it will be devastating. It will be devastating. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> that reminds me this week that <laughs> Evan and I were in traffic and there was a car ahead of us that had like a, the British flag as a license plate. Uh, oh, Wow aggressive okay yeah and we were behind it and evan said oh i'm so sorry for your loss and i just started laughing because i was like <laughs> what <laughs> um on seth myers this week john oliver came on yeah and seth was like listen i'm sorry about your loss and he's like yeah, 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 yeah. And then he looked at the drummer, and it was some guest drummer, and he's like, yeah, you know, we've had a hard time this week. And he's like, uh, yeah, I didn't know her. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds terrific. Yeah. Sounds like a great book. It was. It pulled you out of your rut. It did. And Excellent. what a great, I've read some other stuff by her, and they were all wonderful, but this one was just different. Mm-hmm. And I saw an interview with her that said that she's um, a little bit surprised by some of the press about it. It's gotten some really good buzz because um, she said this one was honestly a labor of love. She said she spent five years on it. She's published other novels in between. Oh, wow. And this one just is very close to her. Uh-huh. And I can see why because it's so. It felt so tight as a book, like everything that was in there was in there for a purpose. And it felt like you're so invested in the characters, but you're also invested in the mystery. And those two things, it feels like in a genre that's ever expanding, yeah. it's harder and harder to do. And to keep someone's interest or to have there be twists and not be like, I saw that coming. Yeah. And you don't. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. It was some good stuff. Well, good to hear that she's getting some yeah. some love for it. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, for nonfiction, mm-hmm. I have a book that I've been pr- just telling you all about. Oh, I know what it is. It's called Cultish. It sounds amazing. The Language of Fanaticism. Mm-hmm. And it's by Amanda Montel, and it came out last year, 2021. And I loved this. I think it really gets at some of the fascination and expansion of culty cults. Because her central idea is this. It's all about language. Through language, full-on scary cults, they manage their members. And through language, everyday cultish stuff like MLMs and fitness groups, they create members. Right. So 
the author, she sets out to talk this through. And I love how the book gets organized because she goes from like the scariest suicide cults like Jonestown to still scary, but potentially less deadly cults like Scientology and to scary, but everywhere culty stuff like organized religion and QAnon. Mm -hmm. And then she expands it even further to multi-level marketing Mm -hmm. and to fitness groups like CrossFit and SoulCycle. And then finally to like Instagram and social media gurus. Mm Mm-hmm. And with each section and example, she gets into some of the central ideas about how language works. Cultish language is, she says that when we talk about brainwashing, we're actually talking about language. We're talking about the kinds of ways people use words to bring people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very manipulative language. And it does a few things. It makes people feel unique, mm-hmm. but also connected to others. Mm-hmm. It encourages people to feel dependent on a particular leader or group or product And it convinces people to act in ways that are in conflict with their former ethics, their sense of self, all that kind of stuff. Right. And it's that last one that where you can get really scary. But those first two, we see them all the time in everything. Um, There's also this sense of community that language creates and this us versus them mentality, Mm -hmm. which comes across as the key issue here. And we hear that all the time. We hear it in commercials. We hear it in social media. We hear it everywhere. So... In a way, she's saying we're all under cult influence and that idea that, you know, getting sucked in by something that we would never get sucked in. It's incorrect Mm -hmm. from the very start. And I chose it for this theme because the people that wield cultish language thread that line of confidence and cockiness Mm -hmm. and the worst go to the far end of the scale to the like what the fuck level Mm -hmm. right um in our own confidence our own like belief that we're too smart for stuff like this it can get us in trouble Mm -hmm. like i said i loved this book it's so smart it's funny it's very real she talks to real people people that have been in all different levels of culty like programs and behaviors mm-hmm. and everything. She even brings her own experiences in because her dad was in a cult. And oh so my she gosh. got to hear stories about that growing up. Yeah. So I think if you like broads and books, if you like us mm-hmm. and the things that we talk about, you're going to like this book because it gets into all the things we have a special place in hell for and all the things that we really like to dissect. You have been like texting me and telling mm-hmm. me different parts and I cannot wait to read this because it sounds just amazing. I loved to like the just the idea of taking on multi-level marketing as sort of a cult like thing yes, is yeah. huge to me. And she in that section, she keeps writing like um, like fake direct messages that keep saying like, hey, boss, babe, want to bring you into a new opportunity. And it's just perfect. It's like stuff you see all the time. All the time. Just the, even the hashtag boss, babe. It's like, yes, this is what it is. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it is. Trivializing it without yes. even... Yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. It's wonderful. Great book. Sounds amazing. You're going to hate a lot of things after it. Well, I already do. So. And <laughs> then it's going to reinforce your hatred of a lot of those things. Yeah. And that's fun, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, my other genre pick this week is a book in translation. Oh. But t- let me tell you now, true crime fans, you looking for something different, this is what you need. Oh, boy. It's called When Women Kill. Four Crimes Retold. Oh, shit. By Alia Trabuca Zeron, translated by Sophie Hughes. This just came out in April, put out by Coffee House Press. I didn't really know what to expect when I ordered it. I just thought it sounded amazing, and I did. And it is so much deeper and better than I thought. I just thought it was going to be like four stories about women that kill, you know? And it is. The book analyzes four homicides carried out by Chilean women over the 20th century. Oh, wow. But the author was previously a lawyer. 
and uses those skills to tell their stories in this very thoughtful, researched, and very nuanced way. Oh, wow. Because the heart of the book is really the question of what makes a woman lash out in violence when they're conditioned to do anything but that. Yeah, yeah. And how does society, the media, all of that then respond when they do that? When Mm -hmm. they've done something that is exact opposite of what society and media always wants to report about women. And for me, I thought a quote in the intro from the author kind of describes it the best. She said, for a man, the possibility of his violent act is always in the air and even helps confirm his status as a real man. A woman who kills, on the other hand, is twice outside the law, outside both the codified laws and the cultural laws that define and regulate femininity. Good Lord, that's it right there. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. So honestly, I just feel like this is a must read for anyone that's interested in true crime and the way that gender plays a role in our treating of criminals. She discusses in the intro that when she was researching and doing this book, people would ask what she was writing about and they would automatically assume she said about women that were killed. Oh my God, Instead of women that killed. And it's just such an interesting way to look at it. She really tells the story from so many angles and helps you understand what happened and not in a way that's necessarily supposed to be sympathetic to the women, but more in a way like, look at how this is handled versus a, the same kind of case over here. Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting look at the possibility of violence in women and how much we don't want to recognize that because we want to make sure that they're always kept in this very feminine light box. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's a very... Um, it's a deep read, like there's a lot there, but it's a quick read in the sense that you're, it's so interesting. You just keep wanting to take it in and read it and understand it. I reread a lot of passages because I thought her her analysis of it is really what makes this book different. It's really what helps kind of solidify that. And I think for people that read a lot in the true crime genre, watch a lot, this is one of those that stands out, kind of like Sarah Weinman stands yeah, out for yeah. me. It goes in that category where you're doing something different. You're really looking at this in a different way and bringing up something that maybe you don't think about all the time when we talk about these kinds of cases. That's terrific. Wonderful. And I picked for this theme because I feel like the song I'm Too Sexy sort of embodies the premise of the book, which is men are men and they're allowed to (laughs) have the feelings of rage. Whatever they do is sexy and fine and we give it a pass. Whereas women should never do anything that could be construed as not feminine or not sexy. That could threaten our sexiness. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. We Mm -hmm. have to always be buttoned up and the, you know, person in the lace underwear holding the slow sign in traffic instead of, you know, raging out and killing someone that... How much, yeah, how much do you think she had to remove dirt and dust from nether regions after that shoot? I imagine a a lot. lot. Yeah. Poor girl. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, I don't, unless they just maybe, you know, green screened it and. I doubt they did that for a stock photo. No, yeah, yeah probably not. Yeah. yeah, no, they had her out there. In her unders. Just in her unders, yeah. Just enjoying it. That's awesome. It sounds like, you know, she's obviously talking about some stories in Chile, but it sounds like it transcends culture. Yes, and it's very totally much so. Yes. Yeah. It's relatable. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Really well done. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, for pop culture. Ooh, yes. I've got a show from FX on Hulu. Okay. It's called The Bear. Oh, yes. It's eight episodes. They're all out, mm-hmm. ready to go. And this is one, I think, that really benefits from, like, watching multiple at a time. Okay. Um, so Carmi mm-hmm. is a world-renowned chef. 
Mm. He's worked at one of the world's best, you know, like winning all those awards. He has a book out. He has all the things. But when his brother dies and kills himself, actually, he leaves Carmi his sandwich shop in Chicago. Mm. And Carmi kind of feeling stuck, sad and unsure actually where he is in his career. He goes home to take over that shop. And what you see right away, Carmi's a good guy. You get that sense but he's also used to doing things a certain way and he's got a reputation. So he makes some changes in the kitchen and he's asking everyone to follow like a line of command and to up their game for some, including Carmi's cousin and a line cook. That's like, fuck you, man. Who do you think you are? You're coming in here with your fancy ways. Like, no, we make sandwiches. This is what we do. How dare you try and change things. Right. And then for others, including uh, a guy that really wants to do like pastries and desserts and a new and ambitious young chef. They're excited and they're inspired by like this new setup and by mm-hmm. the new expectations. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the shop is bleeding money mm-hmm. and it owes a lot more. And the family is broken up over the brother's death. And Carmi is sort of slowly breaking down himself. And that's pretty much it. It's a fairly simple premise, but this show is so good. Ugh. You get the sense of the city of Chicago and of this claustrophobic family. You feel really intensely for all these characters. Um, over time, they the, the folks in the sandwich shop, they really gel, but they also tear each other apart. And it's funny, but it's also really touching. And I chose it for this theme because of the idea of like egos in the kitchen. Yeah. And... You know, you kind of expect Carmi to be a dick, mm-hmm. especially after winning all these accolades, because we're used to kind of seeing asshole chefs. Absolutely. Especially the more renowned they get. Right. And occasionally he does thread that line. But mostly this show is sort of walking that balance where you have confidence in doing something really well and making people happy and maybe cockiness and like taking on too much or like making changes where changes may not be necessary. Mm-hmm. I love it too as a Chicago show. It's actually the shop is placed down the street from a bar I went to a lot, which is oh, really interesting when they show cool. that. I love it as a workplace show, a family show. There's there's so much uh-huh. here. And I will say too, as I have talked about many times, I am a vegan. This is about uh, beef sandwiches. Mm. There's a few moments where I'm grossed out, but other than that, it's fine. It's okay. great. Oh, good. Okay. I'm sure they all look like they're enjoying their beef. <laughs> I get a little grossed out when they're talking about oh, so good. And yeah. Beyond that, it's a great but show. Beyond that, you got it. Okay. It's a great show. Okay. <laughs> I've heard wonderful things. I really need to. I know it's on Mike and I's list because you've said that it's amazing and I've heard from other people too. So. Well, and I asked uh, Haley, our mm-hmm. friend chef, to watch it because I imagine she'll get a lot out of it too as well. Yeah. With some of the, you know, terms and all that. Like, as we've talked about, we are not chefs. No. We are not really no. cooks. No. Um, we got nothing no. there. So, nope. so many things they're talking about. I'm like, huh. Is so. that what you're supposed to? Huh. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Huh. I'm just going to keep ordering DoorDash. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Make someone else do it. Exactly. <laughs> well, for my pop culture pick, I'm going to bring you a podcast. Oh. But it's just a six-part, like, limited series type okay. podcast put out by Wondery. It's called Fed Up. And it's by hosted by one Miss Casey Wilson. Oh, who we know. I'm a, big, a big fan. fan. Big yeah. fan. Loved her book, Wreckage of My Presence. Mm-hmm. But this one is called uh, called Fed Up, and it follows the story of Tanya Zuckerbrot and Emily Gellis. So let me take a few steps back. Somehow, I think. Do you? But- you might have heard of it. So Tanya Zuckerbrot is the founder and CEO of this brand called F Factor, which is this whole idea. She graduated. 
to her credit, she did, she did actually graduate with a nutrition degree. She went to school for this, oh, no. but this the is F factor. Bad. This uh-huh. is going bad. The F factor is a diet that basically says none of us get enough fiber. And your key to everything is eating fiber. You just need more and more and more and more and more I know fiber. Where, I think she was mentioned in the cultish book. Oh, I bet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because she I think I know. That's why I know her thing. name. Yeah. Okay. So she was kind of at the forefront of social media as really like influencers and stuff were coming uh-huh. out. So she had a lot of wellness influencers oh, and people that help support her brand. Emily Gellis is also some sort of influencer. I'm not sure that I totally understood like fashion maybe. Um, chance meeting with her one time. But then... Somehow it sort of comes out that maybe what's happening is not all on the uppity up. That the F Factor diet with all this fiber and these products she's selling, people are getting sick. Yeah. Like getting very sick, like random rashes and oh, getting no. hospitalized for bloating and ah. unknown, you know, distress in your gastrointestinal region. So oh. she's selling actual like Yes, food. it starts out just, just as a diet okay. and she makes a bunch of money because she's charging thousands of thousands of dollars oh to like God. celebrity clients to like overtake their their diet. Okay. But then she starts to get the idea like, oh, oh I should no. sell protein powders and these bars and all this stuff. So it goes bad fast. But really, really, this is not what it's about. What it's about is this social media war between these two women because Emily Gellis decides what she's doing is wrong and I'm going after her. Oh. But she does it in a way that you are left to wonder like, okay, so there's an argument to be made for cancel culture going too far here. Interesting. And what's great about it is that its premise is sort of funny. It's like this F-factor diet. It's not that serious. And you've got all these women that are – wellness influencers involved and posting and arguing with each other and in the podcast you have Casey Wilson as the host who's just making snide comments the whole time (laughs) and it's amazing and it's really that's what it's about is about how in the age of social media do we decide how to deal with things we don't like Mm -hmm. and how to deal with things that are actually troublesome and there's really kind of a, a meeting of those questions like what is okay? How far can we take something without actual facts that we can substantiate? Mm-hmm. Or how far should we take something on social media that what's our responsibility for what other people can see and take as fact? It is so interesting. It's I know it sounds weird that it's six parts, but it's so twisty. Like all these, and they interview the influencers that were involved. They interview Emily Gellis. They sort of have a limited interview with Tanya Zuckerbrot. And you're just going to be fascinated by this whole other world and this whole other place that these people exist in. It is, I loved it. It's funny because all the parts that you want to laugh and make fun of, Casey Wilson does for you. Oh, excellent. And it's also just an odd, odd story that you kind of have to hear to understand. Wow. It's so fascinating to think that all these little like mini worlds exist out there that we have no real access to. And there's just... Proper fuckery happening at all points. Yes. And it feels like it goes with your cultish book. Because like yeah, these people yeah. paid like at one point this lady for the F Factor had some kind of wellness summit and people paid like thousands of dollars yeah. to go. Yeah. And it was just nuts. Like Gwyneth Paltrow goop level nuts. Uh. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. I will tell you that if you are triggered by stories about like eating disorders yeah. or eating, those types of things, maybe this isn't for you because there's a it's lot of know. discussion of that. Yeah. So if that's something you're struggling with or, or don't want to listen to. But otherwise, I do think if you do feel like if you're on the fence about it, try it because it's not, there is a lot of humor in it mm. and a lot of like, this isn't right, mm-hmm. you know, 
Like this isn't what we should be doing as females, number one, to lift each other up, but also just as society, like what are we doing? Yeah. Another diet, really? So, That's good. Some levity. Yeah. To cut through all the BS. To cut yeah. through all of it. But it was really good. I I mean, I listened to it so fast because it's so great. It's just so great. Mm. And some of the stuff that gets posted, and they have Casey Wilson read the posts that they were posting to each other, which you couldn't have come up with oh anyone better for it, honestly. So tr- amazing. Is that just her thing now? She's just going to be like the excellent host of all excellent hosts well, to things. I'm guessing because it was done by Wondery who put uh-huh. out The Shrink Next Door who yeah. then the show was based on that podcast and oh, she yeah. was in she it. She was in it, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that maybe she knew someone and they were like, hey, we have this project and she was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because she has some other shows and stuff she's hinted at that are coming out that aren't like, they haven't been announced, announced, mm-hmm. but so I, she should keep doing this though. Absolutely. It's amazing. That's what I was saying is, yeah. you know, she found her niche. She did. It's good great. for her. Yeah. And her special sense of humor is perfect in yeah. all of the spots. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Wonderful. Love to hear about a semi-culty cult being yeah. ripped apart from the inside. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Truly yeah. ripped apart. But it's also interesting because, you know, the Emily Gellis character that takes this on herself maybe doesn't have... It's not so great. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't have all the altruistic mm. uh, intentions that mm-hmm. she wants people to think she has. Mm-hmm. So. Is she selling a product? No. Okay. Herself, okay. I guess maybe that's sure. her product. Yeah. Sure, fascinating. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one. The F factor. That's the a F terrible factor. name. Yeah, and just so much fiber, and people just being surprised that their tummies were upset. <laughs> like what? What was hard to figure out about this? Makes me wonder if some people are out there that just never have really tum problems, right? And we're and like, how like, oh. how do you live without tum problems? What's yeah? That's that's possible, right? What? It also makes me realize what a low tolerance I have for any kind of like anyone telling me what to do with food or anything like that because just some of the things like they talk about these crackers that are made from basically fiber and they call them GG crackers. What? And like just the fact that you call them that I wouldn't eat them. Yeah. And everyone says how bad they are but then like but like I spice mine up by putting like chicken salad on it. I'm like you don't have to eat cardboard. No you don't. It's fine. You can eat other things. Yeah. What's wrong with regular crackers? Yeah. And I'm always... This is going to sound really simplistic, but I'm always wonder when people get sucked into these things, like, did you think that there was a time in the history of humanity that like cavemen were out just ingesting fiber in <laughs> thousands of barrels at a time? Like what, what did you, how do you think that, like, how does this make sense in your head? Just translate it for me. It's the same thing with like paleo diets and yeah. stuff. Like we're pretending we know what people you know, of yeah. your ate. Yeah. And that's, no. Yeah. No, Come I on now. No. Like, do some basic research. People of your didn't have to deal with, you know, passive-aggressive emails all day. So they didn't have the tum problems no. that we did. No, and, you know, they did a lot of things. that I don't think you should just be eating meat raw in the wild. Very true. Yeah. I mean. And they weren't all great. No. Those, those people. No. No. There was a lot of issues. Yeah. So we shouldn't be maybe modeling on them. Yeah. I don't know if we want to say that the brain was as advanced. Indeed. So maybe yeah. that's part of it too. Like that's maybe you got to feed other parts of your body, not just uh-huh. your actual uh-huh. physical body. Yeah. You know, your whole system runs on that. Yeah. So again, it's that idea. If you just put certain things in, your body's just going to perform like a machine, mm-hmm. like a robot. Beep, boop, boop. My- <laughs> I'm glad you worked in the robot noise. My favorite part is that she has a bracelet that she gives out at some summit that has like it's green because that's the color, I guess. 
associated with it and it has an F on it and she wants you to wear it on the hand that you use that you hold your fork in because it's supposed to be a reminder that this fork can either help you with your goals. Come on. Mm -hmm. You need to be thinking of your intentions when you're holding that fork. Is what I'm about to put in my mouth helping me reach my goals or not? I don't know. What goals do you speak of? Is it supposed to be yummy and feel good in my tummy? Then yeah, yeah it's helping me. Or get maybe there. it's supposed to nourish your body. Yeah, because like, what you know are you that's what food about? is for. Yeah, that feels so gross. No, it feels like like the plot of Men in Black fifteen. Like we're all wearing <laughs> bracelets, and then like there's going to be little aliens that live in them that come out because yeah. they convinced us that that's the only way we can be skinny, and then yeah. we're like eating and aliens take over. Like that's what that's it feels like. That's a good like. point. When the alien invasion happens, somehow we're going to work wellness into it. Yeah. And they're going to, we're going to follow like, there's going to be an alien diet where we eat what they eat. Yeah. Because they're probably skinny. Which is humans. So <laughs> we're all going to eat ourselves and then we're done. It's over. It's going to be Shit, the perfect we turned trick. cannibal. Look at Because I assume that most aliens can shape shift. I Just an assumption. That's a good assumption. Yeah. I just like to assume they can do everything. I mean, if we and follow so, science fiction, then yes, that is true. As far as we know, there's an alien dressed in scantily clad underwear holding there a slow is. traffic sign. Yeah. And they're like, look, you could look like this if yep. you just eat this. Well, what is this? This is human flesh. And you're like, well, I got to be skinny. I mean, maybe that means aliens are already here. Mm -hmm. And that that young lady yeah. in the construction gear it's is like, an alien. Oh, gosh. Yeah. This is what sexy is. We're learning sexy from aliens. Mm -hmm. To get, and it's all a ruse to get us to eat each other. <laughs> Just be careful. What are you doing? What's in a GG cracker? We don't know. We don't know. It's true. We don't know. It's true. So just we just need to be more careful. Yeah, we need to be careful of we aliens. Need to be careful. Yeah, we need to be careful of aliens. We need to be careful of fiber, as it turns out. Yeah, we of need cults. to be careful of cults and and of bracelets. The, yeah, <laughs> and of the slow uh, decline down to cannibalism. We just have to be careful of that. We need to be careful. Right, said Fred. <laughs> Who knows what that guy's cooking up? Too, we need to be careful of being too sexy, really. I mean, that, it's dangerous. That needs to be on a throw pillow. You yeah. need to be careful of being too sexy. I mean. Bringing it too much, it's going to end bad. Yeah. Probably in an alien dinner. <laughs> so. And then the aliens are going to go on Instagram and start selling their own, like, homemade TV dinners made of humans. Yeah. They're going to be like, guess what I door dash? Yeah. Human. <laughs> That's what I get delivered. Human The DoorDash driver is the actual meal. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, come on in. I yeah. got a tip for you. Yeah. That went dark and I'm sorry. It went real dark. You know what? I'm not sorry. I take back that sorry. You need to be no, aware. We need to be wary. This is the world we're living this in. This is it. This is it. This no one's it. telling you the truth, but we are. We are. Sexy podcast hosts. We are telling you the truth. All those sexy people you see? Aliens. <laughs> Aliens about to eat you. You should be running. What if someone accidentally tunes into our podcast in the last five minutes and they're oh like, God. oh, God, they are right wing nut jobs. They're going to be like, they're like conspiracy theories. I bet they're having Alex Jones on yeah. next week. We're not. They are fully following QAnon. We're, we went We're down We're the queue. We're into the storm is coming. This was all comedy. This was yeah. what this yeah. was. What? Comedy. Yeah. Comedy. If there is aliens, they probably are in QAnon convincing yeah. those people to do what they did. Go do an insurrection. And then do you think Rudy Giuliani is an alien? Right? His face melted off. Yes. Come on. He almost got revealed he on TV. He farted audibly multiple times <laughs> and tried to blame it on someone knows else. aliens can't hold their farts in. No, they so can't. They can't. Because they're yeah. shape-shifting too much. Your tongue can't keep up with that. 
you're gonna have gas. You're I'm a person. I'm an alien. I'm a person. I'm an alien. You're right. The body gas just is cannot come keep out. up. Yeah. And as an alien, he wasn't as good in the human form to be able to slyly play that off on that right. lady. He waited till the second one, yeah. and she had already outed him by looking at him. So mm-hmm. it was over. You can't blame it on her, sir. This you was like a third tier alien her. that took on Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't the best of the best. No. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then he. And then the other alien on the ship that day, the only other one that could come was mm-hmm. that lady that was like, how about that? Yeah. You got yeah. that written down? You're right. Where'd all those votes go? How about that? Yeah. Then there you're like, oh gosh, who's this? That's an alien. This is amazing. So we have, you know, Russian hackers trying to turn us against each other, but everyone's ignoring the real problem, which is alien invasion. They're all here. All here. Listen, we don't even need Russian hackers to turn us against each other. You got those people every look up and down your block right now. Yeah. Wherever you're listening to this, I want to think about where you live for mm-hmm. two seconds. Mm-hmm. And you think about how many people live in your vicinity. Forty percent of those people believe in QAnon. Yeah. Forty, or maybe even fifty, depending on where you are. I'm just saying mm-hmm. we need to be scared. <laughs> I lost the thread. Are we scared of QAnon or aliens? Both. Or are they the same thing. They're the same okay. thing. Okay, okay, They're okay, working got together. It. Got They're it. working together. You're right. You're aliens right. are not just going to settle for wellness scams. You're absolutely right. They're They've going got after their everything. Fingies, fingies and little pies all over the place. Yeah. This, see, what happened is one alien suggested the QAnon thing, and they're like, you can do that on your own. We're going to focus on the MLM wellness thing. That can be your special thing. project. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, every yeah. week, he's so happy to go to the meeting so and be like, happy. you guys said this wasn't going to be anything, and look, look at, at how many followers at, I have. I have an ex-president quoting me. I'm about to ruin this nation, and they don't even know it. They are more concerned about a queen that died that they don't know. Yeah. I feel kind of proud of that, alien. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Good job, alien. Yeah. Good job. I mean, yeah, you really showed him. Yeah, you nailed it. To our detriment. I mean, he's convincing people to say things on TV like, I can declassify things with my mind. With my mind. With my mind. Yeah. That's alien stuff to say. That's an alien thing to say. Yeah. That's an alien thing to say. (sighs) So. I wonder, where, I wonder where the aliens are from. I mean, we just saw brand new pictures of Neptune with the like pretty rings right. around it. You know, uh-huh. I wonder if it's there. I wonder if it's other galaxies. Who knows where they're from? We always assume that Earth is ours and that it isn't aliens and that we're not just part of their project. That's a great point. We're just a psychological experiment for them. I mean, and we are failing hard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm glad we finally figured out what's going on in the world. Makes me feel better. Yeah. And that we're sharing it with you listeners. Yes. So you can take that and do what you will. I mean, we are too sexy. So you got to believe us. Too sexy for the airwaves. <laughs> if we're not back in two weeks, that should really you should really have some questions. You should know that aliens have replaced us. Yeah. And uh, we will probably be in your food somewhere. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And pushing fiber. <laughs> so get ready for that. Yeah. And in the meantime. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. Witch. Witch.
Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.